Point out the colors in you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. I'm doing this because infertility left me completely defeated, and I felt like I had no one who could help me walk through it. And after walking through it, I've realized that um, it was painful and it was hard and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it left me at the feet of Jesus and it left me completely surrendered and it got me to a place where I could say, your will be done. Wow. That is coming up next on Smalley Marriage Radio. Thank you for joining us. And this is another episode in Your Story Matters. That is quarterbacked by my wife, Amy Smalley, and today's guest is Amanda Voigt. Thank you for being on the show, Amanda, and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. I am so glad that you are here. Amanda, you are someone that has become a dear friend to me, and I just I have loved championing your faith and have seen your faith and have seen you lead out and lead um, small groups of women. And when I read your manuscript, which I hope will someday be a book, um, when I read it, it, it was profound. And one of the things that just totally just jumped off the pages to me was this idea of your story matters Mm -hmm. and your story is important. And in your manuscript, when you go through this journey of infertility, it's not just a, it, to me what I love about it and what I love about your story is it's a story of just difficulty of dealing with just whatever trial comes that comes your way, how you dealt with it, what your life, you know, just kind of coming to grips with. I mean, here you were this newly married, you know, you had met your knight in shining armor, Luke, and you were kind of doing your thing and thinking, oh, OK, well, now's the time for us. We've, we've been married for a while. Let me let's let's really get serious about having kids. And then it all started to kind of unravel. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, I just didn't ever think that that would happen to us. You know, like no one ever thinks. And I guess that's true with any struggle. You don't ever think it's going to come your way. But then it happens. And then it's lonely. You know, Mm. no one understands what you're going through. And you get to watch all your friends get pregnant and they're getting the dream and you're not. And it's just... It's heartbreaking in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, it, you know, it, in the one way you want to be excited for your friends and then the other way you're just so disappointed that it's not happening to you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh. I can remember my best friend had her baby and I was about a year in of mm-hmm. not being able to get pregnant. And I remember I have to go to the hospital and I have mm. to see her and this baby and I have to be excited for her. Mm. And holding her baby, it was like tears were welling and I was trying so hard. And it's just, motherhood is, when when that's what you want and Mm -hmm. you can't have it, Mm -hmm. it really reaches the depths of your heart, you know? 
Absolutely. Oh my. So, so in that, in that, you know, waiting period, um, were people starting to go, Oh, you guys should have, you guys should have children and Oh, why aren't y'all? And then, you know, do you, how would you tell, you know, (laughs) what were some things that people said to you that you were like, okay, yeah, please do not say this to someone that is struggling with infertility. (laughs) I think the best one was, um, you know, maybe you're not having kids right now because God knows what you can handle and maybe you're not ready oh and you my. just, or, you know, maybe not even, maybe that's how it sounded to me. Maybe right. it was said right. a little, a little better, but no, I don't, I don't want her backing <laughs> off of this one because these, this is one of those things I get super upset with the Christian community because no one ever wants to be with someone in suffering. Yeah. And so we Christianize it yes. or Christianize mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And try to go, well, and here's a door over there. It's mm-hmm. shut, but there's a window God cracked open. <laughs> and it's kind of like, so how does that make, I'm curious, when you heard that, and you don't need to back off because I've heard that too many times. People yeah. say that exact yeah. thing. How did that make you feel? You know, it just sort of like is like a blow when you're already down. And it's like, you know, you, you're walking this journey and wherever it's supposed to end up, that's kind of between you and God, you know, mm-hmm. and really all you need in that moment is for someone just to validate how mm-hmm. you're feeling and they don't have to understand it. Um, a lot of times if you're not walking that struggle, you won't understand it, but just to say, wow, that must be hard. I can't imagine, you know, I mean, that does wonders for somebody in pain. Absolutely. So, so, so being able to just sit with someone like what Michael was just saying, being yeah. able to just hold you and say, I am so sorry that you're going through that. That's probably the best thing that somebody could do. And if you think about it, that's what somebody needs when there's a loss, mm-hmm. any kind of loss, yes. a loss of a job, a loss of a, of a spouse, a loss of you know, just being able to, I, I think that that is huge just to be able to sit with someone and to try to feel mm-hmm. because we want to try to make it better yes. and we want to find an answer. And yeah. I'm sure you, you know, you were trying to find answers and you went there. You were like, okay, game on. At a certain point, you're like, game on. I'm going to get the answers. And what did that look like? Well, you know, everyone has the answer for you, right? (laughs) Like everyone can tell you what to do or what not to do. Or, you know, if you would just stop stressing, it'll happen for you. And it's, you know, no one knows your story. And Mm -hmm. I mean, can someone really stop stressing about something (laughs) when they're in the middle of it? But, um, Kind of repeat what your question started as. Well, when you started looking for the answers, so you started, so there's a part of you that just the anxiety, just, just, okay, so just relax. But there's a part of you at a certain point, you're like, wait a minute. I, how did you get to the place where, you know, and because people were like, okay, we'll just adopt or, you know, how did you and Luke kind of navigate through how you are going to go through this journey and, and adoption versus fertility treatments and, you know, and how, how, what was that process like? Well, we kind of left all doors open. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were actually at the point of having a home study done to adopt when, um, Luke started a new job and we found out that their insurance would cover fertility treatment, which is like completely unheard of. And for us, that was just an answer to prayer. That was God's answer that here I'm opening the store for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And one thing I do want to mention is that uh, infertility is such a sensitive topic, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, there's going to be a different answer for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, I have friends who were told you will never carry a child and 
maybe they tried treatment and it failed. Maybe they didn't even, but God bless them with this miraculous pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I have other friends who they needed the treatment and that's okay mm-hmm. too. And I have other friends who chose the adoption route and it's going to be different for everyone and that's okay. And so I, I think that's just such a sensitive topic where people want to give you the answers, but it, it just, you need to let God lead you in that, you know? Absolutely. And letting God lead you. I love how in scripture, God, Jesus didn't heal people the same way twice. You know, I mean, sometimes <laughs> we have to, you know, go put mud on your face, you know, go put mud on your eyes and then go wash it off. And, you know, sometimes there's all these different things that different ways that God does speak to us and different ways that God's miracle happens. Yes. And I love that you were open to whatever that miracle was. But the journey was to hear God's voice. Yes. And the journey was to seek out and to understand, okay, God, who are you in this moment? Because yes. that's another thing that you got out of this is, is that there was so much shame or guilt or, or whatever that was going on. And you decided in that pain, not to run away from God, but to run to God Mm -hmm. and to run to him to say, God, do you believe I'm defective? Do you believe? And and you were able to really sense God's valuing you through, even through all this pain and even through these, you know, the miracle didn't happen right away. You know, that's just such an incredible thing. Tell us about your journey with God and what did that look like? And, and how did you, what gave you the courage to press in? I I really honestly got knocked to my knees. You know, Mm. I remember I, I remember going to friends and family and no one understood. And Mm -hmm. I never walked away feeling validated or feeling like I got what I needed. And I remember one night I just broke down in my mom's arms crying. And, Mm. you know, my mom was that person who like, your mom can fix anything, right? Like if anything, (laughs) you know, if you go to mom, she's going to help you fix it. And I just remember the look in her eyes, like, I can't fix this for you, you know? And that night I remember just falling on my knees crying because I felt so helpless, Mm. you know? And it was in that moment that I felt like God told me, like, I know your heart, like I Mm. formed you. Mm. I know your desires and I'm not withholding them. I just need you to trust me. Wow. And so that was the first moment in this journey where I realized that God wanted to walk it with me. And I wasn't alone in it, you know? Wow. Um, Recently, as I've kind of been bringing this back up and thinking about it, I felt like God was saying, I don't make mistakes. Mm. Like the things, the struggles you walk through, they're not mistakes. Mm. They're purposeful. Like Mm -hmm. I've, you know... I've called you by name and Mm. I've put you on this journey. And so I know this road, I know the end of this road, Mm -hmm. but I know this road. And so Mm -hmm. if you can trust me and walk with me, I'll guide you down the road. Mm. You're not going to just be abandoned on it. So I think that's what brought me back to the Lord and saying, okay, well, this is going to matter one day. This is going to matter. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love that that God is a redemptive God and we know that, but how does that actually play itself out? Sometimes we're a little, you know, we don't want to do the waiting part. We Mm -hmm. don't want to do the journey part. But if you think about 
that, you know, I've, we've heard this, you know, in, in church probably many, many times of, you know, this is our only chance, this side of heaven to really, to trust God in faith yes. and to really say, you know what, I am, you know, I'm, I have faith. I can't see it yet. You know, I can't, whatever I'm hoping for, I can't see it, but I, yes. by faith, I am trusting you. And this side of heaven is the, the time that we need to trust God that he is still good. Yes. And that difficulty of of doing that. And it's balancing that out. And that's what I, I love about your story and love about you is that you have a, um, you do feel, and it's not just a, I pause, oh, well, I trust God. And so everything's going to be okay. Not at all. It's all great. You know, <laughs> but it's, it's really, I'm hurting. I am human. And this is something, my mother's heart, you know, I'm sure there were moments you're like, okay, God, you form this. Okay. You <laughs> form this in me. You told me, you know, you form this desire in my heart and either you're going to have to change my desire or you're going to, you know, or you're going to have, we're going to go on this journey together. And yeah. I don't exactly know what motherhood is going to look like, Yes, but, and it did look very, very different, um, you know, than maybe you might have first first thought of, but you did get motherhood. I so did. So tell us about that. I did. Um, so, you know, we found out that we would have insurance coverage, yeah. which was huge. And so we started treatment. And um, the first month, the first month, I got that, that positive pregnancy test, which was something I had never gotten to see, you know? Mm. And I literally took a test every night that week just so I could see it over and over and over. Because you had seen so many not pregnant or whatever. Yes. You'd seen them and you thought, well, maybe, and, you know, oh, and I'm sure there are other women that have like, well, it maybe is it, you know, yes. you, you know, holding it up to the light and going maybe somewhere in there. It's just maybe not evident right this very second. And oh, man, that's yeah. so you seeing it and being able to it's like, oh, my goodness, there's a there is a you know, this is positive. This is a positive thing. Oh, oh, wow. And so that pregnancy. Tell us about that pregnancy. How did it go? That pregnancy was beautiful. It was mm. great um, until the end. And mm. um Amelia came three weeks early by emergency C-section and afterwards, um, I got a really bad infection and nearly died from it. And, um, I remember being like, God, you know, we worked so hard to get here Mm -hmm. and, and now this, and I felt like a lot of our journey with infertility, I carried Luke and I, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I carried us through that. And because I was so desperate for motherhood, Mm -hmm. you know, and I carried Mm us, but then this happened and I was literally, you know, I I couldn't get out of bed, not Mm -hmm. even to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. You know, I was sicker and that's when God, when God stepped in with Luke and Mm -hmm. Luke carried us, you know, what did Luke do? So Luke was there and, and you were sick, like really sick. Yeah. And he was thinking, you were you both? Was your family thinking this could be it for you? What was that? You know, the, the very first night when I was readmitted, the ER doctor, which I didn't find out until later, but told Luke that with this type of infection, it was just sort of a 50-50 shot. And, um, you know, I think I was so consumed with just feeling bad mm. that that thought just really didn't even come to my mind. It was like, I was just more consumed with, you know, what I was feeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I know Luke was struggling hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember he called my mom and said, I just need backup. Like, mm-hmm. I just need you here. And, mm-hmm. um, 
I definitely saw that, you know, the fight at one point just kind of left me, you mm-hmm. know, I was just, um, I signed against medical advice to have tubes removed. I was just done. Wow. Um, not necessarily that I wanted to give up my life, but I was just done with mm-hmm. all of the, the medical stuff. I, and that night is where I felt like Luke was just on his knees, desperate, mm-hmm. you know, saying, God, mm-hmm. she's given up. You mm. Don't give up on us, yes. you know? Oh. So um, all night that night he stayed up praying and every time a nurse would come in the room, he would just say, I'm going to pray for my wife again. Can I pray for you too? You know? Wow. And I just saw something in him then that... Um, it was like he knew he he couldn't do anything. He mm-hmm. was helpless. Mm-hmm. But with God, we're not helpless. You know, wow. he realized his dependency on God mm-hmm. that night. Wow. And what a spectacular illustration of you had been so trusting. And, and, and I'm sure he was kind of like, he was kind of, it almost seemed like, if you were saying that you kind of carried the load, that it was more for him, it was like until he actually saw it, until Mm -hmm. he actually saw Amelia, and then he saw you giving up. It was like, oh, no, I'm not going (laughs) to give up now. I'm not going to raise this baby by myself. (laughs) No, my precious, you know, my precious Amanda is going to, she's going to, she's going to live. I'm going to plead, you know, plead with you, God. And so for him, that's when he kind of stepped up and really just got down on his knees and was desperate. And what an amazing testimony of his love and just of God's grace. And, you know, when Amy shared that part, of Luke praying, and I'm like in tears again, so I'm trying not to lose it. Uh, what is it like? What was it about Luke? Because I just you don't hear a lot of people in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. You've just taken tubes out of your body against <laughs> medical advice, and and then Luke is on his knees praying for you in the hospital room, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What on like what is it about Luke, or where did he learn, or well, how did he ever even think about when other people came in the room? What can I be praying for you about as well? These other people. Mm. That's that for me is extraordinary. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm trying to think like, and it's more maybe a question for him. You know, I do know that he, he's told me, you know, he grew up with a pretty easy childhood, you know, and nothing big really happened to him, I guess is the way he would put it. And a very stable childhood, right? Like he had both his parents, whereas my dad passed away when I was 13. And so this was kind of the first big thing he ever went through. And I like to just like think on that because, you know, sometimes these things have to come along where God can really capture our hearts and say, you know, yeah, you're, you're just trucking along in life and yeah, you know me and you love me, but to really get to a place where you can be surrendered before God and say, I need you. Mm-hmm. And it had to be surrender to be not just praying for you, but also, you know, being free enough to be still praying for others yeah. in that moment. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Sorry you have such a loser husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My wife. Uh, no, you're great. No, but I, I, What can I pray for you about? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can pray for... Oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. So so then what happened? So then you made it through that night, obviously, because mm-hmm. you're, you're sitting here in front yeah. of me. So how did how did that happen? How did how did you get better? And what did what happened from there? Um, so I pulled the tubes out and um, the next morning I had both my doctors coming in to round on me and they were just kind of blown away. Like, you know, my body was working again. My fever was gone and I was, I mean, you know, it was just like, 
okay, you're, you don't even need that anymore. You don't need that treatment. You know, I didn't need a blood transfusion anymore. I didn't, you know, the, the things that were shutting down on me were starting to work again. And I mean, there, I remember at one point, one of the doctors pulled the other doctor out in the hall as if like, it's like almost like they, you know, needed to figure it out together before they came in and talked to me kind of thing. Like, I don't know what just happened here, but you know, okay, I guess let's send her home, you know? Wow. So So that quick. Yeah. I got, I got two, you know, and I like a long-term IV in that day and they sent me home. So, yeah. Wow. So it really was a miracle. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, the miracle of you getting pregnant and that immediate kind of, that didn't happen. But once you were in the hospital and you basically, your body was shutting down from infection, that you got that overnight kind of miracle that that you prayed for. That is such a, you know, again, such a huge God thing and such a, a huge thing to be able to testify to that God works in absolutely, you know, we've heard in mysterious ways, but that's truly what happened to you in that one moment you got healing and you got the desire of your heart in one way and another way. You know, so I, I, I love that you even bring it back to that everyone's story and the answer God's miracle is going to look different. You know, the motherhood that you had, that you wanted to be mothering looks very, very different. Mm -hmm. And, and the journey towards that, if it's not a journey of faith and trust, then you're not on the right journey, yeah. whatever it is. If it's adoption, if it's, um, you know, if it's IV treatments, if it's whatever it is, if it's a miracle pregnancy um, that you're able to carry. So, so okay, so then you, you have Amelia. Yes. And she's precious. And then you think... Oh my. So you had when, and tell the, tell the, cause I don't know as much about this, but there's like embryos and they're, and they're frozen or tell me, tell me about that and what that, cause I really genuinely don't know. <laughs> so don't, I don't think anyone knows until you're in it. And even okay. then you're not really then sure you, what's happening. You're yeah. just trusting that, you know, they know what they're doing, I yeah. guess. But yeah, um, I did an initial IVF treatment and where they harvest your eggs Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, they form embryos with your husband Mm -hmm. and um, then they freeze them. And so then, you know, we used two with Amelia and one took and we got pregnant with her and then we had frozen embryos to use for the future. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And so then did you use... Did you use those again? Mm-hmm. I mean, those, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> and we... Such an awkward topic, you know? No. Um, and like I said, treatment looks different for everyone, but this is definitely, you know, what the door that got opened for us. Mm-hmm. And, and why would that, and, and I'm not like trying to push somewhere you don't want to go, but that was, that kind of was interesting to me on the awkward topic. Well, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on, um, on taking matters into your own hands is I guess the way that I would put it. And, you know, for me, God is in control mm-hmm. in more ways than, you know, you think like if I'm going to decide to do fertility treatment and God doesn't want that door open, he's not going to let it work. You know, he's going to shut that door. Mm-hmm. And, um, there have been times where I've looked back and said, you know, God, did I do the right thing? You know, and God will just immediately capture my heart and say, Amanda, I opened that door for you. You don't even think twice about that. You mm-hmm. know, that this is where I took you. It sounds similar to a conversation I had had with my late father. That's what I was thinking When of too. he tried maybe days before he and I were going to go through our, uh, I was going to donate a kidney. And it feels similar to this where he called me to the house. And he's like, hey, I'm calling off the surgery. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what the, why would you do that? 
because I'm I'm trusting. I'm, this sounds bad to mock, but this is kind of how I feel. Uh, you know, I'm trusting there's going to be a miracle, mm-hmm. and so we I'm not going to need yours. And I mean, I just like put the kibbutz on that mm-hmm. and went. Has it never occurred to you that God created man in His own image, mm-hmm. gave us the freedom to grow and to learn, and that there are certain people that have learned how to take the kidney out of my body, mm-hmm. attach it to your body to cure you. How yeah. is that not the miracle? Yeah. Right? And and that's kind of what I feel like about all this stuff is come on, people. Yeah. I mean, God created us in his image, and we have this infinite capacity to love, but also to think and to improve. And I mean, my heavens, unless, you know, you can blatantly say, wow, this either dishonors God or dishonors others. Yes. Sure. But outside of that, you know. Yeah. God's not going to call us to start a human trafficking uh, <laughs> ministry, right? <laughs> Against it, maybe, yeah. but not for. Right. And it, it's so, anyways. I guess well, that's even why the I ability to... that a human can live with one kidney, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing is extraordinary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the Christian communities relax. Well, and and it's just I crazy do, how I judgmental know, everybody gets. Well, I do know that there are lines, but yeah. I, I think that you have to decide and 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 prayerfully thinking about. Okay, so is okay. So these little embryos that are out there were five of them, correct? Have how many of them were there? I don't remember exactly. Okay, yeah. Well, so we had we had we. I'm like <laughs> I was in your journey. Um, so you had two, two with Amelia, yeah, and then and then she, when she was how old? Like two, three. She's about two. Yeah. Okay, she was about two. You're thinking, okay, I'm gonna do it again. Let's let's see. Let's see yep. if this. Let's see if we can do this again. Yep. And it worked the first time again. And wow. Yeah. Um, and so we got pregnant with her. Um. And, you know, one of the things I will say in, in terms of being, you know, prayerful about this journey mm-hmm. is that, you know, they're, they're, these are embryos. And mm-hmm. to me, they're life. Mm-hmm. And um, to know that you are going to have embryos. Like for mm-hmm. me, I had to use them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're, they're life for me. And I, that was one of the worries I kind of had down the line was God will, you know, I have embryos, you know. Mm-hmm. And um we got pregnant with Eloise and then we really want a third mm-hmm. and um, we have gone through three cycles mm-hmm. and they have all failed. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't know why, I, but um, you know, coming back full circle, mm-hmm. you, you just trust, you just trust that God, when he opens the door, he's, he's gonna, mm-hmm. he's gonna help you walk it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now this third round that you've the third you know third third round it hasn't taken like the first two, so how are you journeying with that? Are do you, have you guys harvest more eggs and are we? No, we have one left. Oh, wow. We have one left, and so you know, again, it's a very sensitive topic, but you know, I you know in some ways God's protected me from having to make any hard decisions. I, I, you know, there's so many answers that you want this Mm -hmm. side and Mm -hmm. we're not going to get them, but being able to just say, God, 
you're in control. I mean, really, like when that when I learned that, when I learned that I don't have to have control, mm-hmm. that was such a huge thing for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I struggle with OCD and my whole life I've wanted to control everything. Mm-hmm. And there has been a lot of things that have been out of my control. You know, mm-hmm. I lost my dad when I was 13 and then I couldn't get pregnant. I mean, talk about wanting to control it. Like, you know, that's not, I mean, you just can't. And, you know, you just think that you're going to get married and you're going to be a mom and you, you really, you can't control that. And mm-hmm. being able to recognize that I don't have to have control mm-hmm. was so huge for me and mm-hmm. just allowing me to just fall into God's arms and trust mm-hmm. that he he wants good for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so f- that's a journey that you're still on, that we're all still on. Yep. We all have a, have a sense of that our journey of faith and our journey of trusting is it's, it looks like this in this state, you know, in this stage, yeah. but it's going to look maybe a little bit different, you know, when, you know, when Amelia and Ellie get, um, get a little bit older <laughs> and, you know, whatever that looks like. So I, I what I love about God and what I love about your journey is that you are willing to kind of put yourself out there and you're willing to talk with other women and um, look look within there and share your story. And I just, I thank you so much for doing that mm-hmm. and for being here and for just allowing your faith and your trust and, and your vulnerability of being able to do that. It is, it is so incredibly important and it matters. Mm-hmm. It, it, your story does matter because it matters because it's a, it's a journey of faith, just like, just like everybody else. So thank you so much for coming on. And I just appreciate you so much. I love you so much. So yeah, thank you so, so much. I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing. Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My heart skips keeping a beat. You're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music. Girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. I think you know what you're doing to me. You got With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.